0: David Dorsey provides a comprehensive examination of the Book of Psalms, an integral part of the Old Testament, and a timeless collection of hymns and prayers. The Psalms, known for their emotional depth and spiritual profundity, are divided into five distinct books, each ending with a unique doxology. These books collectively encompass 150 individual Psalms, composed over various periods in Israel's history and attributed to different authors, most notably David. The sons of korah and Asaph. the use of divine names like yahweh and elohim in these psalms indicates their theological emphasis and diversity dorsey accentuates the psalter's organizational complexity noting that while at first glance the arrangement might seem haphazard there is an underlying structure this is evident in the acrostic psalms where each stanza or line corresponds to a successive letter of the hebrew alphabet showcasing an intricate pattern of composition Psalm 119 is a prime example of this with its extended acrostic structure. However, the organization goes beyond acrostics. Dorsey discusses various structural patterns within the Psalms, including symmetrical arrangements that range from three to seven parts, as well as parallel and linear patterns. These structures are not merely artistic. They reflect the theological and liturgical intent of the Psalms, contributing to their meaning and function. Understanding the complex structure of the Psalms allows for a deeper appreciation of their content, context, and impact. As Dorsey dissects these patterns, he sheds light on the nuanced and often overlooked aspects of these ancient texts, revealing the artistry and intentionality behind Israel's sacred hymns and prayers. Through this analysis, the Psalms are shown to be a sophisticated, multi layered collection that continues to inspire and resonate with readers across generations. Also, Dorsey's examination of three-part symmetries in the psalms reveals a fascinating compositional technique where the opening and closing parts often mirror each other, bracketing a central section that carries the primary thematic or emotional weight of the psalm. This structural approach is not merely aesthetic, but serves to affirm and clarify the message or plea contained within the psalm. In Psalm 6, for example, the structure asserts the psalmist's desperate plea for deliverance from illness and enemies. The opening and closing sections both address Yahweh, creating a frame that intensifies the central expression of grief and desperation. This arrangement ensures that the reader or listener fully grasps the depth of the psalmist's distress and the fervency of their appeal to God. Psalm 15 utilizes the three part symmetry to dissect the moral qualifications required to dwell in God's presence. The initial question and final summary encapsulate a detailed central section delineating the ethical behaviors acceptable to Yahweh. This structure serves to highlight the importance of righteous living, with the central section acting as a detailed ethical guidebook. Similarly, Psalm 57 uses a refrain to bookend a central narrative of divine deliverance, creating a rhythmic and thematic unity that celebrates God's protection and love. The repetition of the refrain amplifies the central message of gratitude and praise, indicating God's continual presence and aid. In Psalms like 72 and 79, the three-part structure respectively maintains themes of royal hope and divine justice. Psalm 72's center focuses on the King's dominion over nations, symbolizing a universal prayer for peace and prosperity under righteous leadership. Psalm 79, in contrast, details a community's lament and plea for retribution and divine assistance, with the central section acting as a heartfelt appeal for forgiveness and help amidst national catastrophe. Overall, Dorsey's insights reveal how the psalmists used three-part symmetry to enhance their poetic and theological expressions, meticulously crafting their works to reflect deep emotions, spiritual yearnings, and communal hopes. Moreover, Dorsey's examination of four-part symmetries in the Psalms Points out a structural technique that amplifies thematic elements within these biblical poems. This structure, comprising two pairs of corresponding units, AA and BB, serves to reiterate contrasts and parallels, effectively drawing the reader's attention to the central themes of the Psalms. For instance, Psalm 1 employs this structure to contrast the ways and fates of the righteous versus the wicked, with the righteous likened to thriving trees, and the wicked to chaff blown away by the wind. The righteous shun the path of the wicked and are rewarded, while the wicked are barred from the assembly of the righteous and face ruin. In other psalms, such as Psalm 2, this structure repeats a dramatic reversal of fortunes, where the mighty kings of the earth plot against the divine order only to be subverted by God's appointed king. Similarly, Psalm 26 uses the symmetry to underline the psalmist's plea for divine vindication based on his integrity and innocence. Contrasting his life with that of sinners. The four-part symmetry isn't just a stylistic choice It's a deliberate compositional strategy that deepens the emotional and spiritual resonance of the psalms It reflects the psalmist's intricate weaving of language and structure to evoke a powerful response from the reader Whether expressing steadfast faith amidst adversity marveling at the human condition in the divine plan or crying out for justice and deliverance the four part symmetry in the Psalms allows for a profound exploration of faith, ethics, and human emotion, underscoring the enduring relevance and literary brilliance of these ancient songs. Furthermore, Dorsey's examination of five part symmetries in the Psalter emphasizes the strategic use of the five part symmetric configuration, or chiasmus, prevalent across various Psalms. This literary technique is not merely aesthetic but serves to accentuate the central themes of the Psalms thereby enhancing their theological and emotional impact. The structure, characterized by its mirrored repetition and central focus, allows the psalmists to affirm their deepest cries for deliverance, confessions of sin, and expressions of trust and praise. In Psalms like 22 and 27, the chiastic structure dramatizes the plea for deliverance from affliction, centering on the psalmist's most desperate appeals, psalm 51 uses this arrangement to poignantly focus on a plea for forgiveness surrounded by acknowledgments of sin and vows of praise thus asserting the psalmist's penitent heart similarly psalms 54 and 56 organize cries for help and statements of trust around central declarations highlighting the psalmist's reliance on divine aid amidst adversities in psalms like 58 and 67 The structure contrasts the wickedness of men with divine righteousness, or calls for universal praise to God, respectively, placing the most critical prayers or calls at the center. This pattern is also evident in Psalm 71, where a lifetime of reliance on God frames the central request for deliverance. Psalm 106 uses the chiastic form to recount Israel's persistent rebellion juxtaposed against God's mercy, centralizing the theme of confession. In addition, Psalm 135 uses it to extol Yahweh's supreme power over idols, indicating his mighty acts in Israel's history. Through Dorsey's analysis, it's evident that the five-part symmetry in Psalms is more than a poetic fancy. It's a deliberate design to bring out the psalmist's most fervent theological reflections and spiritual supplications. This structural technique enriches the psalm's liturgical and personal significance revealing the depth of human appeal to the divine and the intricate beauty of Hebrew poetic tradition. Further, in six-part symmetries, Dorsey delves into the unique structural arrangement of Psalm 115, which is an exemplar of a six-part chiasmus. This literary configuration stands out from the more prevalent four-part chiasmus by lacking a central point of focus. Instead, it utilizes a symmetrical pattern to enhance the thematic elements of the text through mirrored repetition. Dorsey's analysis reveals that this structure is not merely a stylistic choice, but a deliberate framework to maintain and reinforce the psalm's profound messages. Psalm 115 employs this six-part chiasmus to draw a stark contrast between the God of Israel, Yahweh, and the idols worshipped by pagan nations. The structure meticulously points out the power, sovereignty, and protective nature of Yahweh against the backdrop of the idol's emptiness and ineffectiveness. Through this arrangement, the psalmist not only criticizes the futility of idolatry, but also affirms the steadfastness and superiority of Israel's God. The repetition inherent in the chiasmus serves to reiterate these points, ensuring that the message is clear and resonant. Dorsey's exploration into the six-part symmetry of Psalm 115 sheds light on how ancient writers employed complex structural techniques to convey religious and ethical imperatives. The chiasmus isn't just a literary ornamentation, but a means of deepening the reader's understanding of the text's core themes. By dissecting this structure, Dorsey demonstrates how the psalmist uses form and content in tandem to create a powerful discourse on divinity and devotion. This analysis not only enhances our understanding of Hebrew poetic structure, but also enriches the interpretive possibilities of biblical texts, showing that their construction can be as meaningful as their content. Besides, Dorsey's analysis of seven-part symmetries in the Psalms reveals a nuanced literary structure that serves to deepen the thematic and emotional impact of these biblical songs. This structure, though less prevalent in the Psalms compared to other parts of the Hebrew Bible, is significant for the emphasis it places on the central unit, often reiterating the core message or emotional peak of the psalm for example in psalm 115 the symmetry frames a contrast between the impotence of idols and the power of yahweh repeating israel's trust in their protective deity amidst derision from other nations the central unit of the symmetry boldly declares yahweh's dominion encapsulating the psalm's main assertion of divine sovereignty and encouraging a communal reaffirmation of faith in psalm 7 the seven-part structure underlines the psalmist's plea for divine vindication against his enemies. It mirrors the psalmist's proclaimed innocence against the wickedness of his adversaries, with a central appeal to Yahweh as the righteous judge. This structuring reinforces the themes of personal integrity, divine justice, and the moral universe governed by God. Similarly, Psalm 11 employs this symmetry to underscore the psalmist's steadfast trust in Yahweh's just and observant rule. Contrasting the behaviors of the wicked with the security found in divine oversight, the central verse celebrates Yahweh's heavenly reign and vigilance, reinforcing the psalmist's confidence amidst societal chaos. Dorsey's exposition on these symmetries uncovers a deliberate, artistic layering within the psalms that goes beyond mere poetry. This structuring technique not only organizes content, but also deeply embeds theological and emotional emphasis, enhancing the reader's engagement with the text. The seven-part symmetry thus becomes a lens through which the psalmist's expressions of distress, devotion, and praise are intricately magnified, reflecting a profound interaction with the divine. Additionally, in Dorsey's analysis of parallel structures within the psalms, the strategic use of repetition and symmetry serves to emphasize themes, intensify emotional appeal, and accentuate theological truths. These structures are not mere artistic flourishes, but are integral to understanding the psalmist's message and intention. For instance, Psalm 25 employs a parallel arrangement that frames its central message with pleas for help and guidance. It begins and ends with a cry for deliverance, while the middle sections alternate between requests for teaching in Yahweh's ways and pleas for forgiveness. This structure affirms the psalmist's dependence on God for guidance and mercy. The unmatched final unit typically asserts the psalm's main point, often a profound theological or existential statement. Similarly, Psalm 86 starts and ends with pleas for grace and protection, with intervening sections that praise God's unique nature and works, and a central prayer for guidance. The alternation of pleas and praises serves to reinforce the psalmist's trust in God's steadfast love and power to save. This thematic pattern is not just literary, but aims to evoke a deeper response from the reader or listener, engaging them in a rhythmic meditation on God's character and deeds. Also, other psalms like Psalm 44, 100, 126, 130, and 148 feature distinct parallel structures that reflect their unique themes, from trust and deliverance to universal praise. These structures often culminate in a critical point or prayer, highlighting the psalm's primary appeal or declaration, Through these patterns, the Psalms articulate a range of human emotions and spiritual truths, from deep despair and longing for deliverance to exuberant joy and praise for God's creation. In essence, Dorsey's analysis reveals how parallelism in the Psalms is a sophisticated tool used by the psalmists to structure their poems in a way that deepens understanding, intensifies emotional appeal, and enriches the reader's spiritual and theological engagement with the text. Moreover, Dorsey's analysis of linear structures in the psalms focuses on the simple and direct arrangement that characterizes certain psalms, particularly psalms 148 and 150. He explains that this linear structure is marked by a clear, step-by-step progression of thoughts, typically culminating in a powerful concluding section that indicates the psalm's main theme. In the case of Psalm 148, Dorsey identifies it as a celebrative hymn that invites the entire creation to join in praising Yahweh. The psalm is structured in three distinct stanzas following an ABC pattern, each addressing a different segment of creation, the heavens, the earth, and the people of Israel. This structure narrows the focus progressively, intensifying the call to praise with each stanza. The psalm is both opened and closed with the word, Hallelujah, forming an inclusio that frames the entire hymn. Psalm 150 serves as the concluding piece of the Psalter and is also arranged in a linear three-part structure. Dorsey maintains that it starts with a call to praise Yahweh for His mighty deeds and greatness, then moves to a segment where various musical instruments are invoked as the means to praise Him, and finally culminates with a universal call to every living being to praise Yahweh. Like Psalm 148, it is framed with Hallelujah, pointing out the psalm's focus on praise throughout. Dorsey's examination reiterates the intentional design and thematic depth within these psalms. The linear structure is not merely a stylistic choice but serves to guide the reader or listener through a deliberate progression of thought and worship, culminating in a powerful, inclusive call to praise. By breaking down the structure and flow of these psalms, Dorsey provides insight into the ancient Hebrew poetry and worship, illustrating how form and content work together to create a profound spiritual and emotional impact. Last but not least, in his conclusion on the study of psalms, Dorsey articulates the intricate and rewarding nature of analyzing the structure of individual psalms. He repeats that this analysis is more than an academic exercise. It is a key to unlocking the thematic and emotional depth of the psalms. Dorsey argues that understanding the internal organization helps to resolve the apparent disorganization and puzzling repetitions in the text thereby revealing the Psalms main themes and emphases. Dorsey underlines the remarkable diversity found within the Psalms, not only in their structural schemes, but also in their content and emotional range. This diversity reflects the multifaceted nature of human experience and emotion, ranging from ecstasy and joy to despair and loneliness. The Psalms cover a broad spectrum of life situations, triumph, defeat, safety, danger, and moral failure, each invoking a corresponding emotional and spiritual response. Central to Dorsey's conclusion is the portrayal of God in the Psalms. The texts reflect a deity who is deeply involved in the human condition, responsive to prayers, and sympathetic to the plight of individuals across a variety of circumstances. The psalmists present God as a protector, companion, and forgiver, an eternal source of hope and joy. This God is almighty all-knowing and the epitome of goodness, deserving of Israel's trust and praise. In sum, Dorsey's analysis underscores the value of delving into the structural aspects of the Psalms. It's an endeavor that not only clarifies the texts, but also deepens the reader's understanding of the human-divine relationship as expressed through these ancient songs. The Psalms, in their diversity and depth, ultimately point to a God who is worthy of trust and praise intimately connected to the human experience. In conclusion, Dorsey's detailed study of the Book of Psalms uncovers the elaborate structure and profound theological depth within these ancient texts. Recognizing the Psalms as a collection of 150 spiritual poems divided into five books, Dorsey illuminates the intricate patterns and organizational schemes underlying their composition. He emphasizes acrostic psalms and various symmetrical arrangements that reveal a deliberate, sophisticated structure beyond their initial appearance of randomness. Furthermore, in examining the psalms, Dorsey discusses multiple symmetrical forms used by the authors to enhance the emotional and theological impact of their content. Three-part symmetries, for instance, frame themes to accentuate central messages, while four-part symmetries draw attention to contrasts and parallels, deepening the reader's engagement with the psalm's themes. The five-part chiastic structures center on pivotal theological or emotional pleas, and six-part symmetries create emphasis through mirrored repetition without a singular focal point. In addition, parallel and linear structures are also prevalent in the psalms, according to Dorsey. Parallel structures affirm thematic and emotional elements, engaging the reader in rhythmic meditation on divine qualities and human experiences. Linear structures guide readers through a clear progression of thought, often culminating in an inclusive call to praise. Further, Dorsey's analysis reveals that understanding the psalm's structure is crucial for grasping their emotional resonance and theological depth. He asserts the diversity within the psalms, reflecting the range of human experience and emotion from joy to despair, all while pointing towards a relationship with a God depicted as deeply involved in the human condition. Dorsey's work on the Psalms showcases them as a sophisticated, multi-layered collection, rich in artistic and spiritual significance, demonstrating the enduring power of these ancient hymns and prayers to inspire and resonate across generations.